Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Greetings, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Safe Talk. My name is Billy Floyd. I am with Jenny Hunter, per usual. Jenny, how are we doing? We're doing great. It's great to hear you. I know we talk a lot, but we don't ever get to have these great conversations like we do uh, when we're recording. So it's great to hear your voice, and I'm looking forward to this session on hope. Game recognized game, baby. It's always my privilege to be here on the call to talk about suicide, how we can change and save lives, and it really all starts with hope. We had a great conversation about hope last episode. We really dove deep, and before we get into this episode, which will also be about hope, a nice extension, we want to let you know, as always, this is an open and honest place right here. We want everybody possible to be a part of this program and this conversation. So if you ever want to ask a question, chime in, shoot us a comment, shoot us any type of information, you can find me on everything. On Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at OneBillyFloyd. I'm on Facebook, just under Billy Floyd. My email is William.Floyd214 at gmail.com. I'm all over the place. You cannot miss me. And Jenny, I know (laughs) the same goes for you. You're all over and you're popping. So let everybody know where they can find you right now. Sure, Billy. First of all, my email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, a couple of places, our confidential support group, and our nonprofit page at JR's Hump for Life, as well as the web, as well as um, Instagram. So every time you look for us, look up JR's Hump for Life, and you will find us, like Billy said. Also, you can message me, Jenny Hunter, from Facebook. Um, There's many ways to reach out. We're here for whoever, whenever. That's beautiful, Jenny. Always here for the people, always doing whatever we can to change and save lives, like I said before. And what I also said before is, last episode, we talked all about hope. We dove right into it. We talked about why hope is so important. We talked about some studies that really show the mental and physical side, everything there is to know about hope. I know you defined hope, and this time, this go-around, We're going to go in more detail, of course, because there's always more we can add. We're going to talk about how to get hope, how to give hope, different ways all over that we can feel great and get that hope so we can take that next jump. So, Jenny, how about to start things off, why don't you give us that great definition that you have? What is hope, and what do you want to start with before we dive into what we're going to talk about this episode? Why don't you take it away? All righty, Billy. Well, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which we've all heard of, defines hope as a desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. That means 
you desire something, you have that expectation, it's going to happen, you're going to have a great life, you're going to get this job, you're going to get your groceries that you need, you're going to find a house that you need, all of those things encompass what hope is all about. It's that expectation that things are going to happen in a positive way for you. And we did talk about that last time. We also talked about one of the great ways to get hope is that you witness or you experience acts of love, goodness, and kindness that have no judgment. So how, how Billy, I'm, I'm curious. How do you get hope? Hmm, that's a great question. I guess the way that I get hope is, you know, just knowing that over the course of my whole life, quite like most people, you're faced with crazy adversity in every which way, whether it's adversity in school, through sports, friendships, relationships, everything. And Every single time I've been in a deep, dark place or gone through something that drove me nuts, I always got over it. I always figured it out. So as I sit here now, I'm alive, I'm well, I've gotten through everything I had to get through. Why wouldn't I get through the next hardship that I'm going to have to battle? I've always done it. Why won't I do it this time? And I guess when I was getting through it the other times, I just knew in my head, every time something bad happens or something unideal or something that you really aren't wishing for, you always just have to think, it could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. If you're sitting there and you have a heartbeat and your eyes are working and you can feel and you can make moves to put yourself in that next position, you're going to be fine. If you deal with something that stinks and you're still alive, you are in prime position to keep going. So all you got to do is know, I have my intuition, I have my instincts, and I can be great. I I share a lot of great quotes on this uh, podcast, all courtesy of legends that came before me. Um, (laughs) Jenny, let me me give you one great one, and, and this will sum up. You know, me and why I continue to keep going when times are hard is this is a great quote from Tim Grover. The quote is, when you are great, you trust your instincts. When you are unstoppable, your instincts trust you. So every time I get something thrown in my face, what do my instincts tell me to do? Whatever they are, it's going to happen because they trust me to make it happen. So I always know it could be worse. I have my heartbeat. I have my life. I have my people. And I get hope through knowing nothing's going to stop me because I can still put one foot in front of the next, if that makes sense. There's no reason to stop for me. And, Billy, that's a great quote. It's absolutely true. We need to trust our instincts and let them trust us. Um, you know, and like you were talking, Billy, we as humans, we are, we all have difficult situations. We have, we experience crushing defeats in life. We face situations that we cannot change or scary moments that we are unable to prevent. 
And so we, we ha- it's a challenge to us. It's, these moments are all very challenging, but it is possible to regain your hope for the future and to get back to life again. And as we talked about, hope prolongs your life. So it's so important to find that hope. So, so how do we find that hope? So we can hope for things in life. We've hoped for happiness and um, finances and fulfillment. And sometimes we might lose sight of what we really want. Sometimes we stop feeling good and we aren't interested in desires or hopes anymore. And we're disappointed and we're hurt and all of these things that happen in life. And so it is so important to look for hope, to find hope. And, you know, it's kind of like a treasure hunt. When you don't have that hope, you're looking where to find it. Where can I see hope? Where can I find it? What can I do to physically bring that hope to myself, mentally and physically? So hope is is so very good for your body. We talked about that last time, how how empowering it is, how it makes your body feel better and energetic and your mind. And hope just doesn't let us get down. It just, it won't let us. It, You know why? Because one of the reasons why, it causes our brain to release endorphins, which create a positive effect, an effect of well-being with us. So we're going to talk about how can we find hope. So I'm going to kind of go through a list here, and we have told you why hope is so important to us. It can save our life, absolutely save our life. So here are some ways that we can find hope in our lives. So believe, number one, believe you can achieve your goals. So there's been studies finding that having hope is associated with positive thinking, uh, motivational thinking, pursuant, pursuing goals and thinking and believing in your ability to achieve those goals and pursue those goals and to keep going. So basically, you can create hope in yourself by giving yourself motivation for pursuing your goals and believing you can accomplish them. And I know you've talked about that, and I know that has happened to you, right? Of course. Every time I have a vision, you know, one thing that I don't want to go too off topic is I I know so many people in the world, so many friends, allies who tell me, when I was a kid, I had dreams of becoming a dancer. I had dreams of becoming an artist. I had dreams of becoming an actor. Those dreams never die. Your drive is the only thing that crashes. For me, every time I've ever had a dream, I want to be on this stage. I want to play in this game. I want to do this. You just have to be delusional. I always like to say you have to be positive, (laughs) delusional, and relentless. And if you have those three intertwined together with that dream in mind, you literally can make it your reality. And you listen to the Michael Jordans of the world, the Tim Grovers of the world, all these guys, Joe Rogan. 
these guys all talk about how they envisioned everything they've ever created and they got to this point of being icons. So it's like if they were once born a baby and they went to elementary school and middle school and high school and then did whatever, why can't I do that in my reality with my dreams? So I always know you believe in yourself, you believe in your visions, and you believe in your dreams and the people you're doing it with. And it's always going to come true. It might not come true the minute you want it to come true, but if you just stay relentless and positive and be delusional about it, it will come true exactly when the universe is going to allow it to come true. So always believe in yourself. It's always going to work out. And you know what? It it does work out. Sometimes it doesn't work out in the time frame or the way that we would like it. But it does work out. We just have to give it time and be patient. And to be patient is very, very hard when when you're in a, a hard situation, such as um, being at risk of suicide. Being patient is not something you think about. You want things to have um, some finality. You want things to stop being the negative way that they are. You want to stop feeling depressed and all of those things. So being patient it's very, very uh, challenging for someone in that situation. So while we're being patient, number two is to reflect on your past successes. So find out and think about what past experiences were something that you hoped for and they came true. Um, how did that make you feel when they did come true? How long did it take for that to come true? Reflect on the things that have gone well for you. And usually in your recent past, it could be at any time in your past, but reflect on those things and, and do them um, in, a, in a fashion that you start with the little things like, okay, I, um, I got better from the flu or, you know, any, anything like that. You were, you were waiting, you know, your cold lasted seven days. Well, you know it's going to be over on the seventh day. And that is hope. That is hopeful. And the reason I'm being, bringing up illnesses is we're in that seasonal illness cycle with colds and flu and all that kind of stuff. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. But, you know, I've had a cold. I've had some laryngitis. And you'll have to excuse me if I go on a coughing bout while we're talking. However, I know there's going to be an end. There's going to be some finality to what is going on in my body. And that is hopeful for me. It's, if I did not have the hope that I would be better again soon, I really don't know what I would do. So one of those things that you reflect on your past successes, like, okay, I got an A on this test. I, um, I was successful at a job interview. Things like that um, that will give you hope that, yeah, in the future, um, more things are going to go good for me. More things are going to um, come up that I can pursue and I can look forward to maybe new things, maybe ongoing things. But I'm going to keep going because you don't know what the future holds. And it, it does hold something for you. It's something that you can be hopeful about and you can continue to take your steps towards those goals or baby steps if you're just trying to dig yourself out of a hole. But you have always got some successes 
in your life, no matter how big or how small. Isn't that right? It's 100% the truth. Like I said before about reflecting on whenever I was getting past something that was really, really challenging, I always got through it. So when you look at a point where it's like, man, like, Maybe I, I wish I could be in love. I would love to be in love right now. Or you wish you could look a certain way or whatever it is. Like you look back to a moment when maybe you looked the best ever or you were in the deepest relationship ever. So it's like once upon a time, I got that. I, I was experiencing it. I lived it. And now I'm privileged to say, man, how great was that? Yeah, maybe I want it right now, but maybe sometimes certain things don't fit. But you know You've achieved it once. You knew what you did to get there. You just got to do that same thing again at a higher level to achieve that next level of maybe the way you look, maybe who you love, the right opportunity, the right job, the better situation, whatever it might be. So you always have to know that you've got there before. You've gotten over things before. You just have to trust yourself. It goes back to that quote about your instincts. You trust your instincts. They trust you. You don't care what other people say. You don't care if they judge you. Just know that you're doing everything right by going by your rules, playing by your playbook, and always doing it how you want to do. And we do it our way right here on Safe Talk. When we come back from this break, we're going to dive more into hope, We have a lot more to discuss. We're going to talk about more things when it comes to finding hope, how to give hope, wrap up the episode. It's going to be a great time. So stay with us. We will be back in a quick second. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for sticking around. We want to thank our local sponsors for their words. We are back. It is Billy and Jenny on Safe Talk, and we are talking about hope. We have so much more to discuss. Jenny, we really talked about reflecting on past experiences, getting over hurdles, remembering our successes and how we got to those points and how we can do it again so we can go higher and higher to live our best life. And I know that there's a lot of different ways that we can find hope. We, we discussed a few of them. I know there's more. Do you want to dive into those? Because I know we're still going to talk about how to give hope. So maybe if there's a few more of those ways to find hope, uh, we can rip through those right now. Sure, Billy. So, so we went through um, past successes, reflection, believing in yourself. So number three is practicing prayer or meditation. And I know many, many people that when they are depressed and they're down or they're um, anxious, they practice prayer or meditation. And uh, it's a quiet time. It's a time to quiet yourself, to quiet your innards, so to speak, to go to a place where there is calm, there is peace, whether it's prayer or meditation. And it's been studied, actually, and discovered that prayer helps people in in, in receiving that hopeful feeling. 
And meditation can make you happier and allow you to feel more hopeful feelings. It calms you down. It kind of it kind of stops the cogs in your brain for a moment and it allows you to reflect and understand that things take time and that I'm here right now. I'm listening to myself. I need to calm my brain. I need to not be impulsive. I need to be patient with myself and with others and my future and it's it's just a great thing, no matter what your beliefs are um, in prayer or religious aspects or meditation. Many, many, many people turn to this when they need hope. Um, you know, the scriptures speak of hope all throughout the scriptures. Meditation calms you, causes you to relax and look forward to hopeful things. Um, and like I said, I know many, many people that instantly turn to that quiet time, whether it be through prayer or meditation um, or just calming yourself, which actually can be either one of those calming yourself, um, listening to your heartbeat, understanding that you're human, things that happen in your life, and you're going to... Um, you're going to walk out of these things having learned something and growing and being challenged. So practice prayer and meditation is number three on this list that I'm um, reading. Uh, number one uh, is use uncertainty as a tool. I said number one. It's actually number four. But it's using uncertainty as a tool. So feeling uncertain about the future and future events doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. In fact, it can be a good thing to bring about more uh, hopefulness. Um, so being uncertain about, um, one of the examples is, used is parents with children that have multiple sclerosis. Um, so not much is known about that disease to give them hope. So they're uncertain about it, but they have the hope that something is going to happen, that their child may totally recover. And it's a difficult, it's an uncertain situation. It can harness that hope. You can actually harness hope. You can lasso it, as we would say in Wyoming. Um, you don't know what the future is going to hold. But the beauty of not knowing is that it leaves open the possibility that something good could happen. Um, it's, it's, it's like any terminal illness. I have friends that have cancer, and they are hopeful that their treatments are going to bring them out of these, uh, these very trying and challenging days, and the treatments are going to cure them and make them feel better. And they're, but However, they're still uncertain about that future, but they're focusing, they're focusing on that hope that hope that they're going to be better and the positivity of the idea that it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's a positive thought. It's a hopeful thought. And that in turn makes their body better like we talked about. It makes their body function better. It, it takes down their blood pressure. It causes them to relax and the anxiety to go away. 
So those two things we just talked about, um, prayer and meditation and um, using certainty as a tool are just such such good things that bring like immediate relief in that moment. Can you see how that could happen? I do. I'm totally about it as well. And I, I'm a big person of meditation. Uh, as of recent, it's something that is very challenging because we just have a trillion thoughts that through our head every second. And when you're sitting there with your eyes closed, listening to the soothing sounds of the voice in your head or the voice that's going through your earbuds because you're usually listening to someone guiding you through a practice. Maybe you have some nice raindrops or a rainforest going in the background as well. It really puts you at a point where it's like, okay, I chose this moment to just focus on my breath, to focus on the present. And when I leave this moment, I can go attack what I want to go attack. It's such a great way to understand what's going to happen now and how you can build your future. That's how I see it. And for uncertainty as a tool is, you know, it's beautiful in my eyes too, because when the future is uncertain, I love it. Like I know what I'm going to achieve and I know what I'm going to be and I know I'm working towards it, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't know when certain things are going to happen. It's great. And when certainty is present, you know, that's the kind of stuff that leads you to settling because so many people, they, they want that secure life. They want to know what's going to happen. They want to know where they're going to be. They want to have a plan. And it's like, that doesn't really help you because once you get there after it's all scheduled and planned out, you don't even have the next thing and you don't want to be doing the same thing year after year after year after year. So the way I see uncertainty is I think uncertainty is great because that just leaves so many opportunities that can come to you because you're open and you don't know what's going to come. Even though you already kind of know what you're working towards, you don't know what it actually looks like. You might know what it feels like and you've envisioned it and manifested it, but you don't actually know. So uncertainty, I think that's great. Focusing on the positive, being creative. I know those are on the list as well. And that goes with your vision because you stay positive, you stay creative, and then that uncertainty then starts to become something beautiful. And then you just have this great life that you created on your own. And that's exactly right. It's like I said at the beginning of this, um, looking for hope is like a treasure hunt. It's a big treasure hunt. And that uncertainty causes you to to keep going and saying, what's this treasure going to look like? What is this treasure going to be? And it's, it's exciting, actually, when you think about it, when you're, you're pushing towards the goal or the working the process that you need for your life. You don't really know what it's going to look like because life is going to throw you things. It's going to throw things at you that you're not going to expect. It's going to throw you off the track of that treasure hunt. And as long as you keep focused on that hope and that treasure hunt, you're going to keep moving along that path. Whether it be giant steps, baby steps, or both, you're going to keep focusing on that treasure that you're looking for. And speaking of people that are at risk of suicide, if they can just focus on the next day, 
the treasure of the next day. What is going to happen tomorrow? Need to be patient. I'm going to find hope. I'm going to keep looking for hope. And maybe maybe someone will call you for a job interview. Maybe maybe you and your wife will reconcile or whatever the case may be that causes these suicide ideations. Things are going to change. You just need to be patient while you're searching for that hope and that treasure. And I totally understand what you say, Billy. I love the way that you um, demonstrated that uncertainty for us and you talked about it. So we're going to move on to... We have a lot more on our list, so we'll talk about this next time. But we're moving on to how to give hope. Just a few things. Do I have a moment to do that? Let's do one thing first, Jenny. we got to toss it to the break one more time. We're going to get one last word from our local sponsors. They're going to spit their game. They're going to give us their real talk. We're going to come right back here, and we will dive into the last part of our episode. So, Jenny, hold that thought. I know it's a great one, how to give some hope. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Like I said, we are right here. It is Jenny. It is Billy. We are wrapping up our episode on hope, pretty much part two of hope. There's still so much to talk about, which is great because this topic is so deep. There's so much meat. We got to keep chewing away and giving it to the people. There's more that we want to talk about, Jenny, when it comes to finding hope. We went through so many phenomenal points. I really think that we're going to dive more into those further points in another episode, in episode three on hope, which will be great in our following uh, episode we get together for. But lastly, to wrap up this one, we have a few more minutes. Why don't we talk about how to give hope? Because that is such a big part. Because someone like me, someone like you, we have a lot of hope. And there's people that need hope. And we can do our part by inspiring, by positively impacting, by really being a presence for people, quite like there were people in our past that were great presences for us. So, Jenny, why don't you talk about, real quick, how we can give hope, some tips, because this is everything. Sure, Billy. So let's go through a a little list again. I seem to find lists a lot. Um, So how to give hope. So number one is demonstrate love and care. Um, we all need to feel we're loved and cared for every now and then, right? And I know you and I, we are constantly telling each other, encouraging each other, we love each other, and that we're cared for and what our common goals are. And that does work. It doesn't have to be driven home all the time. But people that are at risk need to know that they are appreciated, they are loved, they are we are validating them. We care for them. That is so, so important. So how be creative. However you can demonstrate that you care for them, that you love them. And I am speaking mostly of people that you know and you're aware of. Um, you can also do this with strangers, which we've 
um, done this in the past, which we'll do again uh, at some um, <clears throat> another episode. But th- you can make them feel they deserve happiness. Let them know that they deserve to be happy just like anyone else. They may not feel happy. Happy is kind of elusive. They can feel um, they can feel content. They can start with that being content with what they have, and then they move on to happy and to looking forward to more happiness and what can they do to gain some more happiness and more contentment. And the more they do that, the less anxiety they're going to have, the less depression they're going to have. Um, I'm going to move through these kind of quickly. So we're going to accept them. We're going to accept them right where they are. We're going to let them know we accept them right where they are. They don't have to do anything great. They don't have to tell us they like us. They don't have to show us they like us. We are accepting them right where they are and letting them know that we do accept them right where they are. We we are not going to judge them. We are not going to draw conclusions. We are not going to interject how we feel about things. We are going to accept them. We are going to listen to them. We are going to be there for them in silence if need be. But we accept where they are at that very moment. Then we're going to offer help. How can we offer help? We can help them. We can ask them, what can I do to help you? What do you think would help you? Where can I take you for help? Who do you want to help you? All of those things are so important that you encourage them to uh, buy into this, that you're going to help them, and they're going to tell you where, what, who, all of these things that they feel will help them because maybe what we think uh, will help them won't. So we need to hear from them and be genuinely interested in how can we help you? Who can help you if I can't help you? How can we offer help? Uh, can we can we can you can we pay a bill for you? Can we sit in silence with you? Can we whatever it is? Can we transport you somewhere? Whatever it is, how can we offer them help? Then we can show them appreciation. We appreciate them as a person that they are. We appreciate them in that moment, showing us that they trust us that we are there, we are sitting with them, we appreciate the fact they allow us into their lives to help them at that moment. We appreciate that they are still here with us. All of those things, anything you can think of to show them appreciation, then we can help them find their passion. What What is it that we can uh, encourage them to do? Can we take them outside for a walk? What do they like to do? Do they like to uh, author stories? Do they like to do artwork? Do they like a certain sport? We will take them. We will remind them what it's like to be uh, that person that they have that passion for, to be like you do basketball. If I were going to help you, Billy, I would take you outside where there's a basketball net and I would give you the ball and say, show me what you got. Let's 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 see what you got, Billy, because I know you love that and that is a passion for you. And I know you 
And so when these people, if you don't know them well enough, ask them, what did you do in the past? What did you do that you loved? Did you run the mountain paths? Did you ride a bicycle? Did you crochet? Did you knit? Did you, whatever it is, what did you do that I can take you right now? I mean, we have places in Casper, Wyoming, where they're painting um, artwork places. They're open. You take people in. They paint on a canvas, whether they've ever done it or not. I mean, there are creative ways to help people find their passion. And you can do it gently. You don't have to just throw a ball at them like I would do and say, can you show me what you got, Billy? Um, and then we stay connected. We don't just do this one time. We don't just show them love and acceptance one time. We don't just offer help one time. We follow up on that. We don't leave them alone for weeks at a time. There's so much technology available right now in the world. We can follow up in many, many ways. So we follow up. We stay connected. We encourage them to continue to walk the road, find their passions, that they are accepted no matter what happens. You accept them. You are not judging them. And you can remind that through text and emails. You can remind them of all of those things. So these are some very helpful things um, to help people find hope, how to give hope. And we're going to keep talking about these things as we move forward because we have so much more to talk about when it comes to hope because, as I said, Hope is the enemy of suicide. Hope will elongate your life. It will, it will help you to be more healthy. There are so many benefits to help, but the one we want to focus on is it is the enemy of suicide. Well, it's a pretty good enemy in my book, I would say. Hope is <laughs> everything. We sure have a lot of it, and one day I hope to get on that basketball court with you, Jenny, so I can show you that I'll give you some buckets. Well, that? I'll be watching. <laughs> I will only be watching uh, because um, I've never done basketball, Billy. <laughs> I'll, teach you, I'll teach you the ways. I'll put you through some dribbling drills, <laughs> some jump shots. We'll make you an NBA superstar right quick, Jenny, because I have the hope that anything is possible. And what is also possible is more great content here on Safe Talk. We have a great show where we really try to inspire people, change, and save lives right here on the show. Another great episode as we talked about hope. Our part two was this episode. We're going to dive more into it for a nice part three in the following weeks for our next episode of Safe Talk. On behalf of myself, on behalf of Jenny, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate everyone who listens, everybody who wants to be a part of this. And Jenny, thank you so much for allowing me to be by your side. This is fantastic, and I'm so grateful. Well, Billy, I'm very grateful for you. And I want to tell everyone out there, hope for tomorrow, love and hugs, and we'll see you all again soon. Let's do it. See you, everybody. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. 
Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.